We are now recording. Or you said the bomb, either one. Yeah. So, I'm Connor Rickett. I'm here with Sarah Rickett and David, who also has a last name. Deal. David Deal. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Sound like a used car salesman. Right? Which is sort of related to what we're going to talk about, which is... um, I guess being a young person working in America, we're going to talk about this. We're going to try to. It will probably go off the rails really soon. So, what do you do for a living, Sarah? I'm a um, archaeologist, but like not technically like a forest archaeologist, but a field technician, which is like you know, it's um, someone who goes out and uh, checks for um, historic and prehistoric cultural resources. Mostly for the Forest Service, sometimes for companies. Yeah. So what's that like? I mean, it sounds like you work for a lot of different people. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of just struggling to find employment and sometimes uh, not finding it. But when I do, like, it's really awesome and I get to hike around for money. All right. Now, is the reason that you have trouble finding work because you are a stupid, lazy millennial? Also, because um, some of my work is seasonal, so like I'm not legally allowed to hike around in the snow and then come back to my employers and say like I didn't find any artifacts on the ground because it's covered with snow. So um, most of my work is during the summer. Um, some work like office work, like report writing, is during winter, but that's usually kind of for people who have um, graduate degrees. And uh, I don't yet, so. That's kind of an issue there. Um, yeah, so uh, mostly it's just due to the environment I chose. And I, I did know what I was getting into when I started. I just felt like I'd be a little bit less in the pit battle. Um, most people who got into my field about five to eight years before I did have a bachelor's and are doing work that I would currently get a master's for. So we're seeing a bit of a degree inflation going on. Um, in, in archaeology specifically, which is a problem. Um, but also, I, I kind of see where employers are coming from. If you can get someone who has a master's with my amount of experience, they are going to go for the, the master's candidate. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm probably... I, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get a full-time job someday. All right, and how old are you? 26. 26. All right. That's not too bad. No. I did actually know how old she was, just for the record. I'm her brother, so I feel like I have to point out that I did know her age. I still, like, subtract four from 30 sometimes. I like that you know how old you are because you know how old I am. That feels right. Yeah. I think once I hit 30, I'll I'll do it the other way. I'll add a few years. Well, subtracting four from 30 will only get you your age for this one year anyway. So it's just a nice shortcut. Yeah. Fair enough. David, what do you do? Um, that is a good question. So my official title is a senior security consultant. And I'm not really sure what that means, but I know that I do um, computer forensics, and uh, I would say about 60% of that job, though, is um, consulting for other companies related to their cybersecurity posture, and... um, 
how well they can defend against cyber attacks. Um, it, it changes day to day, and it, it changes depending on the customer's needs, which is where the consultant comes in. And um, uh, I, I. I feel like I've gotten more of a handle on the consulting portion, but I'm really more of a technical guy. So, um, usually putting me in front of the customer is awkward at best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, you know, every new job, there's always a learning curve. And I'm about two years into it now, so I feel like I've got a decent handle on it. But I think there's a lot more to go. All right. Now, this thing only records in five-minute segments. I'm not entirely sure why that's a feature. Okay, and we're recording again. This is not going to get tedious at all. No. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like, if we're being honest here, I feel like if you were a more customer-centric part of your job, you would probably have been better at explaining what it was to people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, if I was if I was better at talking to people, I could explain what I do. Because um, it sounds like something to do with people's postures and security <laughs> yes. and cybersecurity. Yeah, so those are a lot of... Um, industry terminology and which doesn't really help people outside of the industry um, I can give you an example so let's say a company gets uh, gets hacked into and they're the the attacker the bad guy he lets the company know that he has sensitive data, which could be credit card information of their customers, it could be patent information from manufacturing industries, uh, and he says, I've got this sensitive data, I want $500,000 in bitcoins, give this to me in 10 days, otherwise I'll release it online, or better yet, I'll sell it to your competitors. Um, I, I don't want to speak to the specifics of, of how frequently they pay that ransom, but I will say that we are brought in to figure out how this event happened. And uh, on some occasions, we are also brought in to prevent it before it happens, um, which I prefer to do because I also use these um, these products, these services, and my credit cards are also in these databases that I sift through <laughs> and find in evidence. Um, do you do you ever specifically look for your own information in there just to be like, hey, um, or is that something you shouldn't answer? So I haven't done it specifically, but I do have coworkers that have found their own credit cards in evidence that they have collected. Hmm. Yes, it's a it's a it's a very interesting um, job to work in as far as the the scope of how how far these breaches reach um, to 
security-oriented professionals where they think about security every single time they go online to shop on Black Friday or shop for Christmas or whatever it is. Uh, my, me and my coworkers understand the risks of doing this and yet we also do it just like everyone else. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, um, uh, I, I feel like I've gotten a little jaded, I guess, in my professional experience, understanding that no matter what I do, no matter how hard I try to protect myself, it's really up to the company to protect me. And it makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, it helps me sleep at night knowing that there's nothing more I can do, um, rather than hope for the best. That's a positive spin on it. <laughs> and you get to travel a lot, too. I do get to travel, yes. Um, sometimes not at convenient times, because I am in an incident response. You can kind of liken it to a first responder. Uh, when bad things happen, it might not be a convenient time for you. Um, but I do get to travel, and I do get to see a lot of hotels. Well, that's cool. <laughs> All right. So what do you do, Connor? What do I do? Are you doing this? I, I don't even know what I do. Right. Um, things I, and stuff. Things and stuff. I am a freelance writer. So I write anything anybody pays me for and try to find ways to make money that involve interacting with clients as little as possible. Um, not that I really have anything against people. It's just easier when you work for yourself uh, to work for yourself. And the fewer clients you have, the less time you spend on clients. And the time is running down. I'm talking faster. Three, two. But anyway. So people pay you for words. Pay, people pay me for words, which still actually, it seems like a weird loophole. Like, but I get, it's, it's hard to use the right words. It, that's really what I do is I figure out what people want to say but can't and then yeah. say it for them. And I'm getting pretty good at that based on feedback from people. Um, I do really like it when people, ironically the easiest client is someone who almost knows exactly what they want to say uh, because then they tell you what they want and you're like, cool, let me tweak that. Different. Slightly different. Here's what you want, but slightly slightly better placed commas. Um, yeah, it's less fun when somebody's like, oh, well, I'm kind of, I want something that's like warm and open but seems professional and needs to be between 200 and 500 words and I'd like to pay like five to ten dollars for this and there may be research and I'm like, well, that's cool, but no. Yeah, uh, you can choose like fast, good, or cheap, but you can only choose two at once. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I'm working on getting more going on writing my own stuff. I really, really enjoy doing Essentially, journalism. Okay. I do that for a couple yeah, major seems clients. Yeah, like a natural thing to just go and bother people. Exactly. I like to drive places, bother people, take pictures of them, become their friend, and then leave their lives forever. <laughs> that is that is how I like to operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this job gives me the opportunity to do That's that. Perfect. Um, I'm probably of the three of us the worst example of like some millennial stereotype. Yeah. If, but also, I got a STEM degree, so I did not pay very much to go to college. I got paid to go to part of college. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like some huge drain on society, I don't think. Uh, 
light. I also, I also um, don't make enough money to significantly contribute to things like, you know, taxes. You know. Yeah. Nobody's, well, nobody's children are getting educated off the money that I'm making. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could see the same though. I've done some work with, on the political side of things. Um, I have qualms. Qualms about that. Often. Yeah, right? <laughs> so many qualms. Being a privately schooled and then a homeschooled kid and then, yeah. I, I, I've been around. I guess, yeah. More I, than I have. Yeah, and you know, it's... It's interesting, but yeah, the political things in general are annoying. Yeah. I've really learned a lot the last few years about how amazing it is that the lights stay on. It is. It's truly extraordinary. Anybody who's ever worked with state or federal government will... It's astonishing, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm excited every time the paycheck arrives, even though yeah. usually it's late. It's pretty incredible just how, like, you know, like, you watch House of Cards and you're like, oh my gosh, there's like this whole, like, intricate web of, like, intrigue and all this stuff and then like you get into it and you're just like oh my god no one knows what they're doing like nobody knows what their job it's is it's more of a web of incompetence it's just it's a solid web of incompetence and like some people are really good at some things and really bad at others like I've had supervisors who are really friendly and really good at like getting to know you as a person but also like you have none of the things you need and you're like but I need these things and like oh yeah that's in the works and it never gets never to you or people who are just like complete assholes but you have everything you need, so you can't complain. <laughs> I, I actually prefer to work with assholes that yeah, give me everything I need than nice people that really, let me down. I just want to do my job. I don't want to be friends with the people at my job. Well, it's, like, it's kind of true. Especially you, Susan. Yeah. Fucking Susan. Uh, um, <laughs> Mom's probably going to listen to this at some oh, point. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, don't apologize to me. For you're, the record, you're, yeah. I'm sorry I use profanity. <laughs> uh, yeah, so no, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I like to like people and I like to get along with people and I try, but yeah. at the end of the day, I'm not doing a job to uh, make friends. I'm doing a job so that I can hang out with my friends. Right, so that kind of puts like my field work into a different light because like I generally don't work to make friends, but also like you get marooned in a small town with like five people for a month. Or maybe like give or take a month, and there's nothing to do, so you end up like kind of making these weird friendships that are like very like bonded in trauma, but also like you don't hang out ever again. So you're like you basically just go like what you do is you have a summer I make, camp. I make best friends in that place, and then we never see each other again. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's like the best of all worlds. a lot of fun for a lot of reasons but it's not it's not just like fun summer camp well, I was thinking that's like a fun summer camp and one of those summer camps where you go there and then like you find out, camp. yeah, it's actually one of those like <laughs> things where you work the whole time. Like they're just like, welcome yeah, yeah. to summer camp, clear our land for us. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. Like kind of like AmeriCorps style. Um, yeah. It's very similar where you're like, I don't know if my feet can keep doing this job, but I really want to. That sounds like fun. It's type two fun. So there's type one fun that's fun at the time. And type two fun is fun when you're reminiscing about it. Right. Those are what adventures are. Yeah, adventures are type two fun. So it's an adventure. Um, but like, I think by the time um, 
one of my recent supervisors is like in his mid forties, and as he would repeatedly remind me, every day is a living hell when you're a field worker in your forties. So I get it, but then there's people who do it well into their sixties, seventies. Like what you do, exactly. And I mean that's important too. Like what I what I do, like people are like, ooh, that sounds really cool. It's right. like, well, I mean it is, but also. You have to be really comfortable with being really uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. You have to like the challenge and be comfortable not having everything that your peers have. And I think that's kind of where we are as a generation of like, our parents did a lot better. And I'm not going to say a lot easier, but like it was in some cases a better time to be a professional um, in some ways. Uh, there's, you know, always economic booms and, and busts. I think right now we're kind of in a bust, and we have been for probably since 2007. Our entire professional life. Exactly. So. You know what? No, you know, the uh, the recession officially started the uh, the month that I graduated college. So you had a chance, is what you're saying. I if I had gotten on that train <laughs> on December 22nd yeah. instead of waiting to be like. Yeah, January 1st, maybe See, I would have made it through. All I have of that time period is a, a fondness of miniskirts and Ugg boots. That's all I have from that era that means anything to me. Okay. So. Yeah, fun stuff. David's back from the bathroom. Was announced. <laughs> he, he promised to bring us a glob of hand soap, but he didn't, so... Uh, I didn't, there was none in there. Typical so. millennial promising so and failing to... <laughs> this well, is fresh. They don't do so weird. So we're in like a mini mall area, and there's only one stall per gender. So I feel like it was very poorly designed. I have to go too, and I feel like I've contributed enough. Well, you're also stuck though. Actually, we're pretty much done here. I mean, I got 18 minutes of audio here, and we're really just testing to see how well this works. <laughs> so if you get anything useful out of it, that's great. Okay. But if you don't, I totally yeah, yeah, all right. We'll see how it went. I feel like it's going to have to be in a, a more quiet kind of situation, I think. Well, the thing is, when I'm traveling, if I'm going to do this, it's probably mostly going to be in like bars and restaurants and coffee shops, so quieter than this might be possible, but not too much quieter. The other thing I want to see is how well it works with this program. You just turn the handle. You don't need a coin. Yes, it's very confusing. There are slots for, for two quarters to get into the restroom. You don't need either one. But can you put a quarter in? Maybe. Because that would be a fun racket. Uh, yeah, I think so. That's that's how this place stays open. <laughs> but no, I think it, I think it should work pretty well. Um, I, I hope it will. It also depends on like how good their post processing is in this app that I'm using because yeah. I can't I can't actually like load this onto my computer oh really and I, but that was kind of the whole appeal of it is I didn't have to um, this is kind of like an auto sort of filtering system I'm hoping alright so anyway I'm ending this now thank you Sarah thank you David thank you me um, I have no idea how this will sound yeah yeah it'll be great